This is an MVP podcast. You're going to do this My now, yeah. Production. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy. And each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on Alaska. Let's investigate. Yes. Oh, man. Oof. So what's going on in Alaska? So I found a lot of like alien shit in Alaska. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Which of course. I'm not surprised. They did like a whole movie. Um, called the fourth kind it's like one of my favorite alien movies <laughs> of all time it's uh based up in alaska but i decided because we talked about skinwalker ranch two weeks ago mm-hmm. i decided or three weeks ago now i decided let's just go with something kind of weird like it's an unsolved phenomenon but it's also like a disappearance it's it's a culmination of like multiple things yeah so i don't know if you all know about alaska but like that shit is like so there's so much uncharted land in alaska because the weather is shit (laughs) right and it's dark half the time yeah so there's just there's just a lot of areas that people have not really had the opportunity or we have the capability of really like getting into the wilderness and 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 charting and mapping everything out and figuring out where things are right because it's so mountainous right and i mean it's beautiful i've heard but it's so mountainous they get a lot of snow and Mm -hmm. they i think might have snow year round i don't know for sure but there's actually they're so far north that i i would think the top of the mountains still have snow oh absolutely so one thing that's interesting about alaska is that people seem to go missing at like an extremely high rate oh my gosh uh (laughs) and they go missing in an area that has uh now been called the alaska uh alaska's bermuda triangle oh so um in this area planes go down hikers will go missing and then like alaskan residents and tourists just seem to vanish like out of thin air like they'll like they they're like yeah i'm gonna go do this and then they just never return that's so weird though yeah and it's like things that i mean i'm just driving down the street or is it well it's like i imagine it's probably a little bit of both right it's like i'm gonna go run some errands i'm gonna go do x y and z Mm -hmm. and i'm like people are gone missing and then <laughs> and i also imagine it's probably people do want to like venture out a little bit yeah and they just maybe get disoriented and they get turned around and then you're fucked at that point like <laughs> right in the forest because yeah i mean it is a huge area that is very densely populated definitely with forest Absolutely. So this so-called Bermuda Triangle slices through four of the state's regions from the southeastern wilderness to the fjords to the interior tundra and like the Arctic mountains, like mountain ranges. Like and it's like if you look at it on a map, it is huge. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you the points here, the three points where uh, this triangle is. It's from Juneau to uh, Yakutat in the southeast and then it goes all the way up to the borrow mountain range in the north and then down to anchorage which is in the center of the state that's a huge area (laughs) yeah 
for real. When you look at it on the map, it's like I feel like all of Alaska's in the triangle, and I'm like, okay, so like just stay on the outer edges of the <laughs> <laughs> They just don't go to Alaska. Absolutely. So this has been going on for so long that even the native Alaska uh, Tlingit Indians that live near Juneau have integrated this this uh, mysterious like force or whatever that's causing people to disappear into like their religious culture. Wow. Um, so they believe that an evil spirit named uh, Kushtaka, a cross between a man and an otter, captures people who have drowned or gotten lost and whisking them away to his realm never to be seen again that makes me sad because otters are so cute absolutely and i looked up pictures of the kushtaka and it's kind of it kind of looks like um like a bigfoot kind of character like a bigfoot yeti kind of like mixture so that that was kind of interesting to see then i was like ah damn sasquatch is out here like killing people (laughs) dark man um like what was that movie that he's Henry and the Hendersons? Oh yeah, yeah. Harry and the Hendersons, something, something like it was an H name. Uh, that was a cute movie. But whether you believe in like evil spirits or or not, mm-hmm. the rate of people that are reported missing in Alaska is almost twice the national average. That's insane. Absolutely, it's so wild. So what does that make it though? Like- so that actually let's see here in 2007 alaska state troopers added 2833 missing people to their missing persons clearinghouse what yeah so we're almost at like 2900 people that have just gone missing in 2007 alone i mean and no trace of where they're going no no not bro and what's with the population so in the state has about 670,000 residents. So when you break it down, that's about four in a thousand people go missing. That's too much. <laughs> it's very high. Well, especially no freaking trace. That's what yeah. baffles my mind. Yeah. Like murder, whatever. Like you yeah. find a body, you know what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Let's see here. Um, I'm just going to break down for you a little bit with just some statistics around the missing people. Okay. So uh, the state troopers oversee search and rescue operations. Um, back in 2007, they performed 42 missions related to overdue hikers and then 85 related to um, boaters who were quote unquote overdue. Mm. So just they're, they extended past the time that they said they would return. Right. Um, and then there's a hundred related to overdue snow machine operators who were temporarily temporarily missing. So like that also tells you like that's how like dangerous Alaskan weather is. Like, bitch, the 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 snow plows and shit <laughs> get missing. Right. I mean, I'm not surprised. No, but like they're the those are the machines that are like built to like get us through the snow. Mm-hmm. So like if they're going missing, <laughs> we should I don't think we there. should live here. Yeah. <laughs> Simpatico. <laughs> um, so I want to dive in a little bit. So just some people that went missing or some more missions, I guess. So in 2007, 19 rescues were performed at Mount McKinley um, in the Denali National Park. Okay. So just hikers mm-hmm. that um, 
couldn't couldn't cut it. They couldn't make it. <laughs> they couldn't return. They got lost. Yeah. In 1993, a 24-year-old named Chris McCandless uh, set off into the Alaskan wilderness, determined to live off the land. Uh, <laughs> after 112 days, he actually died of starvation, and four months later, a moose hunter accidentally stumbled upon his body. First of all, why would you want to live off the land? And second of all, this is Alaska. <laughs> There's so many animals in that forest. Like, you couldn't catch one and eat. Girl. Do you know how many bears are are in Alaska? But dying, I would understand if he was killed by a bear. Yeah, true. Dying of starvation. That sucks. Yeah. Anyways. That does suck. Go on. (laughs) Go on. I digress. So... One of the most well-known disappearances in the state of Alaska mm-hmm. is involved with the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, gosh. It was back in 1972. Um, Thomas Hale Boggs Sr. was born on February 15, 1914, and he was an American Democratic politician. Mm-hmm. So in... When I say he's a politician, he was actually like a he was a U.S. rep like a House representative. Oh wow! Like he he was in D.C. <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, he was born in 1914. Yeah, girl. So That's all I can think about right now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just he he was old. He was <laughs> born when the Titanic sunk. Ah, sad day. So, um, he was the House representative from New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. New Orleans. <laughs> That's what I tried to say. New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, and he was the House Majority Leader and a member of the Warren Commission. So he was predominant in the yeah in the politician world and absolutely very well known. Yeah, and he, so I can understand why this is one of the most well known missing oh definitely when like a politician goes missing like an elected official goes missing they're like oh no we got to take this seriously right um so as the majority leader boggs often campaigned for others and that's what he was doing in alaska he was campaigning for nick begich of alaska Okay. Might be saying that last name wrong, but I like the way it sounds. So (laughs) October 16th, 1972, Boggs was aboard a twin engine Cessna 310 with Representative Begich, who was facing a very close race in that 1972 general election. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, when I say tight race, he was going up against uh, the Republican candidate, uh, Don Young. Okay. When the plane disappeared... During a flight from Anchorage to Juneau. So we got those two bitches on the plane, right? <laughs> Let's go back. Okay. Okay. So we got those two people on the plane. Also on board were Begich's aide, Russell Brown, mm-hmm. and the pilot, uh, Don Johns. That's a, that's a fun name. So Four people. Four people total were on this flight. And... They were all heading to a campaign fundraiser for Beakage. Okay. That is when we lost communication. We're just trying to take a flight from from Anchorage to Juneau. Flight goes missing. Like, we're not on the radar anymore. Mm -hmm. Gone. 
So naturally, they started searching for the plane. Mm-hmm. The search for the missing aircraft and the four men on board included, uh, we have the U.S. Coast Guard involved, we have the Navy, we have the Air Force, we have the Civil Air Patrol, and then even like civilian like aircrafts and helicopters were involved in the search for these people. That's so crazy. Um, the Cessna plane was required to carry an emergency locator transmitter, and that is per Alaska's state law. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in a plane, you have to have a you have to have a transmitter that's going to tell us exactly where you are, and it's going to help us locate you. Okay, so did they have this? So no emergency transmission signal was determined to be uh, being sent from the plane, and was like found during the search. So like they were going out like trying to like ping it, and nothing. So do they know if he had one or not? So an investigation took place um, by the National Transportation Safety Board, and they stated that the pilot's portable emergency transmit, uh, transmitter, which is which is permissible in lieu of a fixed one onto the plane, um, was actually found in an aircraft at Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> so how does that happen, though? So they don't really go into detail about that. And obviously they can't really ask, ask <laughs> like, why is your transmitter not on this plane? Um, so I'm thinking that he may have accidentally left it. Like mm-hmm. if it was one that he just had yeah. and he like maybe was transportable, then I guess he had to bring it with him every time he went onto a plane. Yeah. He might've accidentally like left it on that plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm assuming happened there. But like I said, it, they didn't really go into detail about that. But the report also notes that a witness saw an unidentified object in the pilot's briefcase that resembled the portable emergency transmitter, except for it was the wrong color. So they assumed that maybe he just saw like maybe he had it like in a pocket or something mm-hmm. of his briefcase and he saw like the indentation. Or yeah. And he outline. just assumed maybe it was. Yeah. But um. On November 24th, 1972, wow, 72. (laughs) On November 24th, 1972, they actually had to suspend the search um, after 39 days. They were like, we're using too many resources. We're not finding any wreckage. We've done all that we really can. Mm -hmm. Um, Neither the wreckage of the plane nor the pilots or the passengers' remains were ever found. And after hearing, after a hearing and a seven-minute jury deliberation, his death certificate was signed by Judge Dorothy Tyner. Now, the interesting thing is that after Boggs and Begich were reelected that November, so they actually got reelected. They were supposed to report back to duty, um, which I think is interesting. And I wonder if it has something to do with because maybe the process took too long for them to um like the search took too long like he he wasn't presumed dead yeah like they still allowed him and also they were in the middle of an election so maybe they can't just take people's names off ballots in the middle of an election they probably couldn't take it off because he wasn't presumed dead Mm -hmm. um yeah and yeah that's so crazy that they how are you going to elect somebody that you know is missing? Yeah. That's what's interesting, right? And it's, I mean, they were out there campaigning. So, I mean, people knew who they were. Yeah, obviously. But, but it's just like, I'm sure it was national news. Definitely. So, 
House Resolution 1 of January 3rd, 1973, officially recognized Boggs' uh, presumed death and opened the way for a special election. Uh, and the same was done for Begich. So they had to hold a new election for the uh, New Orleans and Alaska. Oh, wow. Uh, and that is really all the information that we have on this disappearance. The, to this day, no wreckage or body or anything has ever been uh, recovered from the Cessna airplane or just they haven't even found the sign, like any sign of the wreckage. That's so weird, though, that they haven't tried to look at it now, because I can believe in 1975, you know, if they were looking mm-hmm. around, they probably don't have the technology we do today Definitely. of, you know, he, not heat signatures, obviously, but like any sonar radar yeah and i guess sonar would probably be best because that would be able to tell them density but i guess if it's like in a mountain range like that that would be hard yeah i mean even to just take pictures of areas and see drones yep see if there's something but i can believe in 1975 that after 39 days they're like i don't know what else we can do Well, and with the snow and Mm -hmm. I mean, what? when did they go missing? What was the date? October. So I'm sure there was snow. Yeah. And there's no way. There's yeah. no way that you can find a plane. In, like, feet of snow. <laughs> like, huge banks of snow. <laughs> yeah, and they probably went down somewhere where there was... Well, and that's just... It is... I'm wondering it didn't really go into detail about this either my main thought on that was do they know even an approximate time of when the plane went missing yeah because i mean to go from juno to was it juno to anchorage Mm -hmm. do we do we know i mean what if they got off course? You know what I mean? Like there was a storm and they got off course and they started heading in the wrong direction. And then that that's when they kind of fucked up a eh, Ron. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know because I really don't be- believe in 1975. And I mean, don't quote me on this, <laughs> but we didn't have great tracking devices. Yeah. And obviously the tracking device, there was no tracking device. True. Or they couldn't find it. So maybe they didn't even show up on like the Doppler that they were like, like that they were flying. Right. I don't it's know. All, it's all crazy, but if it went without a trace, it could be UFOs too. I mean, we could talk about it all day mm-hmm. because Alaska is like a, a hotbed of paranormal activity with aliens and stuff. So I wouldn't rule it out. I always assumed the Bermuda Triangle, like the actual, like the other Bermuda Triangle. I was like, it's aliens, man. It's got to be aliens. Underwater. Aliens. I'm not going to investigate because I don't want to go missing. But I'm telling you that I think it's aliens. <laughs> Quote me when someone finds out. There was that. There's a the meme out there that says that. Uh, the when you were in school your teachers made bermuda triangle sound like it was a real like threat to your existence (laughs) (laughs) but it's like the small area not small obviously yeah it's like this have you ever traveled down there i haven't (laughs) 
I thought I was going to one day. <laughs> I thought I would be taking a big old ship. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought I was going to be sailing out into the Bermuda Triangle and never returning. <laughs> Little did I know, that is not my life. <laughs> I don't have a boat. Well, and I mean, we would never go to Alaska either to go into Alaska's Bermuda Triangle. I have never had any desire to go to Alaska. I hear it's beautiful. I see pictures. I'm not going on a cruise. I don't have any desire to do that either. And it just sounds cold. Yeah. And then dark. And then, like, aren't there periods of time where they it's just, like, light outside all the time? Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> I need I need a set schedule. Like, the, the world needs to tell me when it's time to go to bed, you know? If it's just light all the time, I'm just going to, like, what, stay up for 72 hours and just, like... Rage. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I have no... in My internal clock's all fucked up. I don't know how people do it. I know. I hear that people go hiking at like midnight because it's light out. They can. Yeah, that's that's fucking wild. And it only gets dark for like a few hours. Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. And if you need to get a hold of us, you can email us at unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. This has Bye. been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. <laughs>